Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. Welcome back to Your Voice First podcast. Today's special guest, Phil Hurst, CEO and founder of Philip Hurst Media. Phil, welcome to the show. How's everybody doing today? Thank you very much for having me today, man. First question I've got for you. I've been seeing you all over the place doing these amazing drone shots, videos, and other content production. How does audio and voice technology play into your daily work? Um, Well, most of the time, as you know, I do a lot of video editing and photo editing. So I need to be able to stay in the flow. Desk right now, it's kind of funny. I have all types of um, I have my iPad, my iPhone, my two monitors, my laptop, and I use a lot of voice dictation to do a lot of my notes so that my, can, my hands can stay in the flow of doing the work they're doing so I can very easily multitask. Tell me more what you mean by dictation. So you got your hands busy. Um, what are you using to dictate? Um, I have Microsoft Word on my iPad. And I literally just open up a blank document, write a header, and hit the voice dictation record button. And if I'm sitting there and need to do something, I'll just go ahead and say it. And it'll go ahead and record it and write it down. And it's a little mental note, maybe to come back and edit a clip that I saw while I was going through this. But I don't want to leave the coloring that I'm doing at that moment. But it's a mental note to know to go back and fix that time code 145. Mm-hmm. Your insight on production and media, you have an expertise level that I'm uh, blind to. I'm incapable of seeing. So you deal with both visual and video. I'm curious of your thoughts on the importance of each. Um, do you think video or audio are more important or is there a harmony? What, what are your thoughts on that balance between video and audio? Oh, there's definitely a harmony. And um, depends on what kind of audio we, we talking about. Are we talking about a narrative or are we talking about music? Are we talking about sound design, such as sound effects, like walk feet walking down the street while you're viewing a video? Um, Audio can go so deep as well as video. Um, If we're talking about narrative, uh, it's nice to sometimes just be able to close your eyes and listen and let the, the narrative tell the story and you start visualizing it. But sometimes it's nice to have no narrative, but maybe there's a couple sound effects. Like for instance, one of my videos, if I'm flying my drone, and you know it's nice and quiet i might have the sound of birds in the background or i Mm. might have a nice as i go past the tree Mm -hmm. you know things like this sound design helps right i deal with voice technology all day so recently i feel like it's come into the voice technology vernacular of sonic branding or audio branding where at the start of an application you'll do a little jingle you'll do a for our company, it's this little xylophone that chimes upward or yep. for McDonald's, it's like a da-da-da-da-da yep. yep. that, that immediately instill a brand. Did, with the work that you do, do you uh, help companies with that at all? Is it Do you make people conscious of that concept of an audio brand? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sound, um, not to get too deep, but sound messes with our heads on a very harmonic and very... Um, uh, physics level the frequencies that sounds put out do something to our brains and that's why musicians are said to be geniuses sometimes if you look into mozart's pieces 
or if you look at Beethoven's pieces, he knew what he was doing scientifically to the sounds. And that's why there's so many different harmonics happening at the same time, mm -hmm. because he knows he's doing something to the way you're interpreting the music by way of the sound. Have you seen this? This is going to be totally off topic. Have you seen the show Midnight Gospel at all? No, I haven't. It's this new show that they've been putting on Netflix. It's like Adventure Time mixed with podcasting. And they, one of the episodes, they've got this fishbowl head guy. And he's talking about how oral traditions are important and talking about how some of the ancient texts are so powerful, not because of the words inside of the text, but because of the oral traditions associated. Like, like the Bible is a powerful text in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But the person reading it is really what gives it power. Those sound waves. Like, do, if I do, start to speed up the words. Heard, have you ever heard of, the, did you ever know that it wasn't until just recently that we were reading books quietly? Tell me more. Books used to be read aloud in the masses. One, because there weren't many people who knew how to read. So a person who was able to read was almost required to read what he was reading aloud so that people were able to hear it. That's how important mm. hearing things was and is still mm. is. But no, I'm sorry, we digress. Go ahead and continue. I apologize. <laughs> you're doing perfect. My main goal, I think that you're a very forward thinking guy in terms of technology. So I wanted to have you on the show to explore some of the newer technologies, but diving down deeper into voice, one of the main mantras on this podcast is finding your voice, yep. coming out, discovering who you are, developing that unique sound that is you, that unique brand. So for, for you, I feel like your journey is very unique. And can you talk to us about how you've come to find your voice? I oh, That's kind of funny because I've always been really shy and reserved and very introverted. Um. My, I've always been really creative because I was always so quiet, but I was always creative. That was my voice, was my creativity. Mm -hmm. And now with social media and things such as, you know, um, just, just media, period, I'm able to show quietly the things that I love. And that's my voice. And I like to, you know, during this whole recent pandemic, pandemic I went ahead and filmed all the empty streets of Columbus. And I even went ahead and filmed um, the Grant Hospital downtown doing their thing as, you know, like a, I want to touch more of the emotional level rather than, wow, it's just a really cool image or that's a really cool shot. No, I want to show you, like, I care about these things and I want you to see what's going on in this world. And that's my voice. I think it's very interesting. A quote that popped into my head while you were talking that is, the closer we get to the truth, the quieter we become. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like you've had this unique ability to find opportunities where other people are seeing challenges. We were talking on IG Live before this. You're like, I hate to say this, but I found an opportunity. And you found an opportunity to film the streets of Columbus when nobody else was. And you captured content that people can't capture anymore. Like cars are, like we said, the curve is starting to flatten. People are starting to go outside. You captured content in a context of Columbus historic. that nobody else has access to. Historic. Historic. When was the last have time something like this happened? Have you always had that ability to, to find, are you an optimist at heart? Like, are you always looking for the silver lining or is this I'm, a sorry, trick? Yes, I am. Um, that's, that's funny that you say that because um, my last girlfriend, still great friends with her, very pragmatic. 
I'm just like my father. I'm a risk taker because I see opportunity. I've not had much my entire life. I've had to grind for everything I have. And I've had a lot of, you don't know me very well and most people don't, but I've had a lot of really crappy situations. And I've had to make the best of those crappy situations in order to survive. Hence, I'm here today. I probably should be locked up, should be dead, should be just forgotten about under a bridge somewhere. But I was not willing to accept that. So I always found the silver lining in something because I, I refused to deal with the, the dark lining. I didn't like that. It was uncomfortable. I'm curious of the challenges that you face because while we do focus on the positive, we're always internally working on some challenge or we're trying to grow something about ourselves or there's something we're trying to overcome. Are you willing to talk about any of the challenges that you're facing right now and, and kind of how you're approaching those challenges? As of right now or growing up? So right now, yes, I'm completely comfortable with. Right now, the challenges I, I'm facing are, I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. Um, I made some poor choices as a young adult and I'm now reestablishing credit, getting things straightened out. But regardless of that, I still knew what needed to be done. Bills are getting paid. Credit's coming back online. I'm paying bills I don't want to be paying, but I'm getting them paid because I'd rather have that paid and my name good so I could develop and look forward or I could stay right where I was. So I don't mind living uncomfortable. I don't mind putting a little extra grind time in if I have to. So that's why right now I'm like, you know what? This is just another hard moment in Phil's life. Phil, you've seen worse. You've gotten through worse. Get through this and do it as graceful as possible. You run a production company and the skills that you acquired to be able to do that, were those learned on your own or were those learned through formal education? Um, on my own, but I'll explain by way of formal education. I went to school to be an architect, guys. Um, I went to University of Cincinnati, graduated as an architect or graduated as an architectural engineer. I was studying to be an architect up until two months ago. I was taking the tests and ready to go, but something was wrong. Something just didn't feel right. Architecture filled a creative hole that was beaten to me by society that I need to get a full-time job. So I did that and I was doing something as creative as I possibly could in a full-time job, which was architecture, which turned out to be not so creative. <laughs> I was doing something very boring and it was really driving me nuts. So when I was in school, I learned that I needed to learn things and I needed to take my own initiative. My teachers, I always say, didn't teach me anything. My teachers told me the things I needed to know. It was up to me to go home and go to YouTube University and learn on my own in my free time how to do all these things, how to edit, how to color grade, how to work a camera, how to use a camera. I didn't start really using a camera up until about, I don't know, four or five months ago. And now I teach cameras and how they're all the same. All they do is control light or capture light. You control it by the triangle. It's a long story. Anyways, I had to learn all that on my own, but my teachers were the ones that guided me to say, you know, you need to know this, you need to know that. But now looking back hindsight, I didn't need them to tell me that. I could have figured that on my own. 
you gave me goosebumps. That story sounds so familiar to mine. I was a computer science student at Ohio State and I would go to classes and I'd be like, we're not building applications here. We're looking at boilerplate code that is outdated at this point. (laughs) I'd go home, I'd open up freecodecamp.com and I would learn how to build websites until I was good enough to start freelancing on websites. And then like, then I started to really question what is the value of this degree? But graduating, I'm realizing for me personally, the value of the degree was the ability to ask questions and the ability to look up on YouTube and to ask those questions into Google to be able to like get a response from all of the content that's out there because every answer to everything is out there on the internet it's already been done. to be able to build. What everything was that? Everything has already been done. You just need to go seek it. You just got to go seek it. And we're now at this awesome time where technology is advancing so rapidly that you, Phil, can go and become a student and then instantly switch into becoming a teacher because nobody knows this stuff and the people that are are out there probably executing and not building. Like, do you think that that's the reason why you were able to shift into teaching is because technology is growing so rapidly or why, how were you able to start teaching so quickly after being a student? Oh, technology, 100% technology. Um, I, I, with my students, I'm still learning things, but I am able to deliver it. I, I don't, I, I want people to, I, I don't mind sitting home and not having a life basically, you know, other than going out and shooting or editing or researching or, furthering my education and me I'm I like to give back and I like to serve so helping other people realize that they can do this too it's it's been it's been super satisfying and I didn't know I was a teacher I had no idea I had the teacher gene the wanting to help people and show people how to do things on their own I don't like to give people fish I want to teach them how to get their own fish Mm. Mm. let's talk more about technology if you can just rattle off a list of kind of some of the technology you'll use if you're going on a shoot just to kind of give listeners an idea of the multitude of technologies you're dealing with um i definitely use um a voice app such as like word where i can just dictate stuff i use siri nonstop to check my calendars and check my reminders because i'm not the best at scheduling so i need somebody to tell me when those things are um, I have to use voice dictation when I'm flying because I need my hands on the sticks. So if I need to send a message, I'm telling Siri to do it. Um, I'm currently uploading a butt ton of footage to a site that's going to distribute all of this to other sites and get me paid while I'm sleeping. So yeah, I use technology in everything I do and I'm finding I use it a lot more lately. And I'm, and I'm loving what you're doing because I would love to just be able to tell my computer to do something while I'm doing something else and it'll do it. I feel like you were a pioneer in voice technology here in Columbus. Like hearing you describe how much you're using Siri and using word dictation, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't use technology like that. And I, I feel like, again, this is one of the qualities that makes you successful is you're constantly trying new things. And you're taking those risks that other people are going to wait and they're going to say, oh, there's too many bugs in this. We can't. You're saying, look, my hands are full. I need to do this task. So I'm, I'm willing to deal with these bugs because I'm experimenting in ways that other people aren't willing to experiment. right And now. on top of that, you're a pioneer at that point. You're helping pave the way to make it better. You're reporting the flaws. 
you're updating the 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 code writer hey there's this can you fix that yeah sure we can mm -hmm. or can you do this it would make it better if i can just say something and my computer automatically or my life it would be great if i was like hey word go ahead and write this and it automatically recognizes that i said hey word This just came to me. I feel like the intersection of both of our companies is IoT and ambient computing. Have you ever heard those terms before? No, but it sounds super exciting. <laughs> IoT stands for Internet of Things. Okay. Um, and ambient computing is this idea. Right now, computing is very immersive. You have to be staring at a computer screen. You have to move to a computer, sit down behind it, unlock it. You're accessing it. You're talking to the computer. You're adapting to it. Ambient computing and Internet of Things is this idea that computation, the best kinds of computation are invisible. They're ambiently there. They're passively around. And you interact with your environment how you normally would. And then the technology adapts to you instead of you adapting to the technology. Like you've got all of these different things around you. And the thing I would like to dive deeper into is drones. Yeah. Because in Internet of Things, the ability to move objects around physical space in whatever way that is, this is going to be an... I think a very important trend that's only going to continue to accelerate. Like we saw people during this COVID-19, we saw drones being used to transport medication. Absolutely, we yeah. saw it being used for local shipping. You're using it for production. Like tell me about your thoughts in terms of drone technology and where you think it's going. Um, well, who was it? Maybe start with how do you use how it? How do I use it? I, all right. So I use it in a multitude of ways and you know me as using it for one way. You know me as using it for media. But I also use it for search and rescue. I also use it for 3D mapping. I also use it for topographic land surveying. I also use it for um, agricultural, looking at the soil and seeing the conditions of the soils or the vegetation. Or using one of these drones to go out and spray and disinfect, I don't know, a playground. Oh, wow. Right. You, you're really using the whole Swiss Army knife well, there. That's amazing. That. I, that last one I know is using it. I'm using the other stuff, the agricultural, the, 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 um, sorry, I shouldn't have thrown that last one in there. But I know right now the government's using it to go in and disinfect certain areas. They're just doing flyovers. The, mil the um, military, if I'm not mistaken, the Air Force just asked for 30, yeah, 30, human carrying drones to be developed in 10 years aka taxi cabs aka and uber just signed a huge contract to have drone taxi cabs so i think it was elon musk that used to say he couldn't envision our skies being filled with planes he says it's going to get who wants that much noise above your head at scale Imagine things falling out of the sky and breaking and hurting people. It's going to require a whole bunch of rules. Instead of going up, we should be going down. So like some people's opinions are, let's not fill up the skies. In your opinion, do you think drone technology is going to, is it on the up? Or is this an experiment like a technology that's going to eventually it's die? Up. It's definitely on the up. We can't, we can only, we can only, go, we can only go so far down, but we have a lot more room to go up. And we have a lot more. Do you space. think we've when you think about, critical adoption? When you think about mathematically, the circumference, if we go up, 
compared to the circumference if we go down. We have more space up than we have more space down. Oh yeah, and with down we've got a we have a lot more earth and to move. We have to carve and shifting plates. Air don't shift. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this technology is in a place where it's already ready for mass consumer adoption? I think it's, I think or... it's on its way. I think, I don't, as far as the smaller recreational stuff, yes, mass consumer adoption. As far as the, the human carrying aspect of it, it's getting there. I think we're going to be looking at more individualized mobile human units. And I think the aeronautical um, industry may moved. I don't know. Jets are really good. Jets move rather quickly. So it's kind of hard to really see where that's moving right now. Um, I do have a have a interview, another podcast with a well-known gentleman in the aeronautical industry and drones specifically, which is kind of why I was excited earlier on the Instagram. But we'll talk about that another time. I actually have a meeting to get to with another company, Connexicore, who wants to use me as their cinema man, their guy. So that's a whole nother thing. There's a lot going on right now, technology, man. For media companies that have not been adapting to new technology and they're using old methods and they're hearing you and kind of thinking for the first time, oh, wow, there is a lot of new technology that we could be leveraging and aren't. What would you say to a company that's been in business for a long time, they've found success in the past, and now COVID-19 is causing everybody to have to shift what they're doing and re-examine what's hit? I think, um, I think it's quite possible they, can, they will see that the day-to-day -day can still be done and achieved and can be done and achieved in a much more efficient manner. Where our time mm -hmm. can be more valueized and they're no longer paying for our time, but they're paying for the value we can provide. If it takes me 10 minutes to provide you the same amount of value it used to take me eight hours to do, what's the difference? I have more free time is the difference. I could go out and make more money. As a business, you can go out and procure more clients because now you don't need so many employees to handle those clients because you could work more efficiently. I see this as how automation really impacts the world in a positive way. A lot of people look at AI and they're thinking, wow, all these McDonald's workers are gonna go out of business. All these truck drivers are not gonna have jobs. Probably true, but at the same time, I have an entire podcast studio right here on my phone. I have my piano instructor, which is the Google Assistant yeah, sitting right beside me. I don't have to drive anywhere to go to my piano teacher. I don't have to drive into a studio to record the podcast. I don't have to pay anybody to do this editing because Anchor will automatically use artificial intelligence to balance out our sound levels, add in a background track, and then distribute it on all sites. And it's, I think what you're saying is right. We're going to do the, the same amount of work with much more efficiency to take significantly less time so we can spend more time doing the things that truly make us happy like exploring like you were doing to go and upload your stuff onto a, onto a passive source of income. I think that's genius. I think that's genius. And I don't know how much you're willing to talk about it, but in your mind, have you started thinking about digital assets that you can be building in addition to what you already have that you can kind of build, 
let go of, and then they will continue to accrue while you're sleeping, while you're on vacation, um, always this running in the background. This is my first time doing that. So this is an experiment for me. This is all new to me. I'm, I'm, I'm an analog kind of guy now saying, okay, I need to go ahead and figure out this digital world. I've always realized I can do it, but now is the first time of me taking the full initiative. Like I said, I can't find any more of a reason to grind than the one I'm finding myself in now. So I'm giving it everything and I'm realizing like, I don't know why I wasn't doing this such a long time ago, to be quite honest with you. Phil, I've loved having you on the show. For people that are listening and either want to do work with you, connect with you, or just collaborate more, what's the best way for them you to connect? You can find me on Instagram at Philip Hurst Media, or you can find me on Facebook at Philip Hurst Media. <laughs> or, yeah, that's really the best ways to find me. I don't have a website yet. Um, like I said, I just started doing this two months ago, and I'm, I'm wanting to grow this as organically as possible. So I'm doing it really by word of mouth and letting um, my work and my action speak the loudest. I want to let you end this episode. Do you have any final words or intentions to put out for the listeners? We'll, we'll let you end the episode here. Again, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, You've been an amazing man. guest. I really do appreciate it. Right now in this time, um, we have a couple of options. We could either learn a new skill do something we say we've been wanting to do, but have never had the time. We now have all the time to do those things. So if you don't come out of this with either a new skill or have started that thing that you said you've never been able to do, I'm a prime example of that. I've been procrastinating for 40 years. And here I am finally saying, okay, I have the time. Do I have the discipline to do it? It's not about the time, it's a discipline if you come out of this with nothing, guys. Love you all. Let's keep on moving forward, get the discipline, and go out and get what's yours. It's, it's up for you for the taking, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.